She's a perfect 10, but she wears a 12. Baby, keep a little too for me. Cause we love our love in different sizes. I love her body, especially the lies. Time takes a toll, but not on the eyes. Promise me this, take me tonight. Thank you, thank you. Perfect 10 there. And we're 10 perfect seconds away from tonight's opening up of the podcast where the jackpot stands at a big £33. Ooh. Well, I'll leave you in the very capable hands of your brand new resident DJ, Mr. James Older. Hello, everybody. You Welcome right? back. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. I really like this episode. Good. Good. I'm excited that my microphone's on, I think. <laughs> You don't sound like you're in the bathroom, so like that's always well, a good sign. Definitely not in the bathroom. That would be just just rude. Uh, yeah, welcome to Pull Off Into Paradise. My name's Tom. His name's Jimmy, and we're going to be meticulously dissecting and cutting through um, the showbiz crap around Peter Kay's Phoenix Night, specifically Series 1, Episode 2, which has the title, according to uh, YouTube's, Wild West Night. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a hell of a lot. Again, there's a, a hell of a lot in this episode. A lot a bit, happens as well. A bit too much. Yeah, I, I could. <laughs> I was trying to take notes, going, "Oh my god!" What? And testament to that is the pre-credits. Let's go through pre-credits. So obviously, you, you would have thought it was a sample from the show. You weren't. It's wrong though. It was me talking. Um, we did the sort of intro of Perfect Ten. Ray Vaughn. Uh, it's his first shift. It it cuts to him. And Jimmy, what what happens? The silly sod. <sighs> Reach for those lasers. Let's go. Absolute insanity. That music is just intense. <laughs> I know they probably did that on purpose. Yeah. Before that, though, there's a beautiful moment of Jerry trying to pretending he knows when the song ends and just getting it wrong as well, which is just so, I just think is so funny. <laughs> Where he puts, goes to goes to do the big finish, puts his arm down, and just messes it up but yeah then Ravon comes in and just thinks it's I don't know some sort of like 90s rave in a in a field somewhere we've got to jump back a little bit because I've got a question but did you notice that Ravon's whole setup is powered by a car battery yeah <laughs> and he has to clip it on <laughs> before the jump leads in the uh, in the commentary Neil Fitzmaurice says that he had to actually do that every time to get it going and it like this, <laughs> and he was just terrified that it was going to like set fire or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're pretty scary things, car batteries. Anyway, question. Sorry, we're jumping about a bit. Hold that thought at Ravon reaching for the lasers. Perfect ten that they open with couldn't have been that much of an old song then, could it? No. Well, no. I suppose it was what sort of mid nineties. I imagine was it? Might have even been a bit later. Ninety eight. 98, so it's only a couple of three years old. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty modern pop hit then, really, isn't it? Considering they had Phoenix Phoenix last time. <laughs> well, you know that old old folks love the beautiful South, don't they? If they're yeah, old yeah. now, if they're old then. <laughs> and I, I count myself in that. Anyway, Ravon is raving away, hence the name Ravon, I guess. Uh, but... The audience, which again is mostly pensioners, don't don't seem very happy with it. Yeah, and as I think I said last week, they they didn't know that was going to happen. So (laughs) that's that's a genuine reaction from a bunch of pensioners. Getting up and leaving. Yeah. Right, in, in the script, it describes the music as heavy industrial. Um, any audio files out there want to correct me? That's fine. So, so Brian has to intervene, <laughs> intervene rolls up to the uh, car battery-powered bloody uh, DJ set up, 
And I says, can you lower it, son? And Rayvon is so loud he can't hear him. He says, it's banging, Brian says. And Rayvon takes that as a compliment and says, cheers. And then he uh, <laughs> shouts, reach for the lasers again. I've never heard anyone say reach for the lasers. Hey, come on, reach for the lasers. Brian wants a nice foxtrot or a bit of Kenny G. Then we get a malfunction, don't we? Yeah, the smoke machine's not playing ball, is it? So no, obviously a, 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 a DIY smoke machine as well from old from old Rayvon. Yeah, it's uh, it's coming on, but it ain't going off. It's jammed, says Rayvon. And there's a big kerfuffle in the dry ice hellhole, uh, and there's a dog barking. It says and coughing, but I think that's when all the grannies file out, and it's a pretty beautiful dark Bolton night, but the backlight from the door shows all the dry ice coming yeah. off all the grannies. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, Jerry slaps Brian in the head accidentally trying to find the cause of the problem. Uh, <laughs> how am I going to explain this? So Ray Vaughn appears a la slasher movie behind Brian Potter with a hammer raised above his head and then starts smashing the smoke machine. But uh, Brian thinks at first he's for it. The obviously, yeah. Les, Les Alanos have put it in his head that Rayvon's a murdered Tracy Burns. So this is like the, another continuation of that storyline, isn't it? Where Brian yeah. thinks he's he's in for it. <laughs> Whilst all this has gone on, a cloud of dry ice has engulfed my friend and yours, the captain. And then and only then do we get to the opening credits. All that first, first appearance of it as well. It's not in the first episode. That'd be why I didn't edit that in then on the last episode because it they wasn't there. Yeah, they, they hadn't written it yet, apparently. So, well, there you go. What's the whole? I think that was the pilot, and they didn't want to spaff too much dosh on, on stuff like music or giving dodgy Eric a character <laughs> or Dem Perry. Yeah. We see him in a bit, don't we? Right. So we then cut back to a fully illuminated cabaret suite uh, with uh, the bouncers, Max and Paddy, specifically Paddy, attempting to get everyone out and home. And he says, come on, Captain, home time. Captain, time's time, cop. Shit boy. But the captain is not asleep, is he? Unfortunately not, no. Despite uh, Les's best efforts to wake him up just after this bit <laughs> yeah they're all they all gather around uh brian's first question is who's going to do the bloody door yeah i've got that like the, his first thought isn't oh no there's a dead pensioner in our club it's <laughs> well this is I've, I've lost someone to to do a job for free for me basically yeah pathetic really uh then that's when les starts trying to wake him up but he can't hear you. He's dead. It's one of the conditions of being dead. Apparently not being able to hear. And then someone says, I've never seen a dead body before. And then we get a Kenny Senior classic, which I think this one's often overlooked. Uh, I've seen loads of them, me. I used to bag them up in Nam. (laughs) (laughs) No one even questions it or looks around, do they? Just accept that that's just how he is, don't they? And then Brian straight back to his own personal, like, is yeah. worried about the club. We'll swing for this. It'll finish us. Yeah. But we didn't kill him, says Jerry. But Brian says, no, but Smokey Friggin' Robinson did. Referring <laughs> <laughs> to Rayvon. It's a classic, that is, Smokey Friggin' Robinson. On one of them quoting groups, I can't remember what it was, but once I saw that, a tribute, I think it was in Notre Dame Cathedral burning down. And I was like, it just really tickled me. And I was crying. Somebody had put like a picture of that with Smokey Friggin' Robinson underneath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But it's all right, though, because Brian solved the problem. He he works out what they need to do. Yeah. They diagnose him as asthmatic. And they put him in the Pennine suite. But why? Young Jimmy. Because, you know. In there's murder next door's natural causes. Basically, get him away from the uh, the 
the Yorkshire rapper DJ Death. That's quite a serious crime they're talking about there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Brian, yeah, that would finish you if they caught you doing that, yeah. Mel. So, yeah, so, so, yeah, really serious crime. Then they try to move him, and captain's false teeth come out. And they'd say in the commentary that that was the the captain's idea to do that. They were his actual <laughs> teeth, so that was it's like <laughs> that, that, he came up with that little little bit. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So after that, we cut to the somber scene of the captain's funeral. It's quite depressing, this, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The first thing I picked up on when in the establishing shot that I don't think I've ever really noticed before is that the coffin's on the buffet table. For <laughs> <laughs> some reason. Cheap, isn't it? Well, yeah, true. And we, and we have what we are led to believe is extended family divvying up his personal uh, effects. Yeah. Including his fridge freezer. Uh, it's less than and- 12 months old. Come on. <laughs> And what about his dog? Get it put down. If we spread his ashes, do we get money back on Earth? Oh, oh come on. Yeah. At least Tied, the dog's, yeah. the dog's having some buffet. <laughs> Tied to the handle of the coffin as well, like the lead is. <laughs> yeah, that's, again, that's just really fucking bloody depressing, isn't it? That, and then we cut to Jerry and, and um, Brian as men of that age do at funerals, talk about other people they know that have died. And then Jerry makes a crass joke about someone dying off the estate. That's that's no age. I feel like that's a that's a, a common phrase that's used whenever anyone dies too uh, soon. Well, anyone under 80. Yeah. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, when does it become an age? After after that, it's it was a good innings. Yeah. Like they're the two options, aren't they? <laughs> no age or no nothing in the middle. Oh, uh, how old was he when he died? Seventy three. Oh, that's about right. That's what I expected yeah. from him. Fair enough. Yeah. So, not in the spirit of the occasion, Les and Allen uh, approach Brian Potter from behind and say that they see uh, Ray Vaughn's not turned up. Um, never never batted an eyelid, did he? Never <laughs> batted an eyelid. <laughs> yeah, and they say he's very comfortable around death. He's not that comfortable because he ain't there. Well, yeah, true. So Brian just asked him straight up, did he really kill Tracy Burns? Oh, yeah. Oh, why? It was in all the papers. Why is he not in prison? Technicality. <laughs> Look at OJ Simpson. <laughs> well, yes, that's a good point there. Uh <laughs> and then Brian says, I'm going to get rid of him. And they both go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> again, this makes me think they've rehearsed it. Yeah, they must have had a discussion about this over a couple of points, I imagine. Probably while yeah, they were trying and... to work out how perfect 10 went at band practice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, unless it's their musical sort of relationship that they have has made them a bond so strong <laughs> in terms of anything creative or artistic. I don't know. So, yeah, you can't get rid of him. That was Tracy's mistake. She ended up in a wheelie bin, or at least her head did. Oof. And then all this stuff ends. Bit of respect, please. Bit of respect, ladies and gentlemen, for the captain. And then the pint <laughs> disrespectfully goes on top of the coffin. Uh, there. Uh, <laughs> that we get quite a sad slash funny story from what we presume is the captain's old army or navy mate I might give him this monologue all the way through the captain I'll never forget the day we first met D-Day it were I D-Day we were forced off the landing craft up Sword Beach 60 yards up the beach they get him the bastards but he kept on running blew his eyeball right out but I caught it and you know what he turned around and said to me? He said, I thought you were supposed to keep an eye out for me. <laughs> but that was a captain. Or was a joker. <laughs> he kept on running the blue his eyeball right out. But I caught it. 
find that difficult to believe. Yeah, Quite, it wouldn't, wouldn't just come out in one piece, would it? Surely. Quite viscous, aren't they, eyeballs? <laughs> yeah. The captain. But then what for bloody happens? The captain. Someone wins Das Jackpot, don't they? And the toast and Das Fruit Machine starts paying out in Deutschmark. <laughs> it's going Das Jackpot, just Das Jackpot, yeah. dive, 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 wunderbar. That's Pete, that's Peter Kay. Little little fact for you there. That's his voice. I was thinking, did they have to go to like a specialist bandit maker? <laughs> like, first question: Is there a Das Boot one? Secondly. Does it play the German national anthem when you win? So they're all trying to turn off the the dust fruit machine. Then we cut to the sort of lounge area of the club. Yeah, yeah. The kind of, that is, I, I feel like it's sort of daytime, isn't it? Then yes, they're, they're definitely the regulars. Yeah, it's an amoeba, a single cell, and this is it feeding, and they're watching something on an old knackered telly. What is it like? Open University or something? Yeah, or like yeah, like a one of them daytime nature docs, I suppose. <laughs> the fact that it's like the three of them just sat there, sort of vegging out, watching that is is the the joke in there, isn't it? That like they're watching this thing that's a single cell while they're just sat supping mild in the middle yeah. of the day. Is it feeding? <laughs> yeah. Well, in the background, two. Uh... People dressed for work come in and uh, start messing with the telly. We get a Kenny Senior cutaway here. Uh, who should pop his head out of the next tent? Mr. Robert De Niro. Loves Puffwelly. He was there with his family. Doing another deer hunter in Rill. This is classic pub bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think the deer hunter in Rill line gets the... Because it's, it's in a cutaway. I, don't, I yeah, think that's yeah. such a good line. I don't think it gets the, like... The, the laugh it deserves <laughs> but the bloke he's talking to is not and doesn't get by it does he no, he's, yeah he's like barely listening to him is he? <laughs> he must he must just uh be used to it just pick them off just go around and anyone that's sat on their own gets a nice kenny senior i've literally story. known people who talk to you until you buy them a pint and they go away <laughs> That's probably a tactic. So I'm still waiting for you to buy me mine. So. <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, the TV's gone. No more amoeba watching for these lads. We cut outside. The two lads are in their silver Citroen, um, and they get chased down by Kenny Senior. Oh, he's 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 caught onto them what they're doing. And they wind the window down. You're not as clever as you think you are, are you? You forgot this. And it's some kind of remote, but it's bloody massive, isn't it? I've never seen a remote like that in my life. Like completely sideways. Like it's longer <laughs> than it is. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Inside out. And they obviously can't like contain the laughter then at that point, the two no. lads in the car. No, they just go off with their new telly. We then cut back. Brian's in and he's asking people how they fell for that. And the excuse is they were just wearing overalls. <laughs> they walked in. Uh, they thought Brian had arranged it for the telly to be taken away. Just assumed. There's a great little bit where uh, Brian says, oh, well, Jesus H and Holy Mary does the sign of the cross on herself in the background. <laughs> it was a brand new set, says Brian. I don't think it was. No. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Not with a remote like that. Not not even in 2001 was that a brand new set. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Marion hypothesises that they were probably drug addicts. And Brian says, in overalls, Kenny Senior keen to change the subjects. Brian's arrived in his brand new Cadillac. And probably not new if it's a Cadillac, but new to him. You know what I mean? And Kenny's quizzing him. In overalls. Where'd you get that new motor from, Brian? Somewhere. Must have cost a bob or two. It must have. Trading machine mobility. For a Cadillac. He says, now, I don't think your shop mobility is going to 
measure no. up against a caddy. <laughs> Personally. Uh, Kenny continues the line of questioning. And Brian says, if I'd been on the ball, I'd have worn overalls and driven it out the showroom. And then we hear a man from the side uh, saying, this snooker table's knackered. Are you getting it fixed? So Marion and Brian discuss, uh, has he not been yet? No. You should have told him to take that. They only had a Citroen, said said Kenny Senior. So we're about to have the first vocal appearance of probably one of my favourite, if not the favourite of mine, side character Dodgy Eric. So we cut to Brian's on the phone in his office (laughs) on the other end. Hello, Game Sans Frontier. Eric, Brian. Brian, how's it going? It's not going. He's still here and it's as crooked as you. <laughs> that, I'm sorry I'm teaching granny to suck eggs, listeners, but that's a play on words of um, Medicine Sans Frontier, which is like a charity where doctors go into war zones. And the um, who sung the song? Games Without Frontiers. War um, Without Fears. Peter Gabriel. That's it. So, so it's quite a good name, that is, I think, for your games business. What do you mean? And he's on about his bloody snooker table. It's deformed. A Nazi bandit that pays out in Deutschmarks and a flavoured condom machine that's 10 years out of date. And? Yeah. That, <laughs> Eric's let me down a bit there because I always thought, like, you know, at least there was a sort of facade of professionalism. And, you know, he genuinely cared. He wasn't very good at it, but he cared about pub games. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the next scene sort of dispels that. <laughs> when when, you, when we see what the swap for the snooker table is. <laughs> so the classic line, would you suck a 10-year-old banana? And Eric, in fairness, says no, he wouldn't. And Brian says neither will they. Brian says no, you'll get your arse here for this snooker table before I nail you to it. Shithead, he calls him, <laughs> and hangs up. So then we cut into, again, the lounge. Dodgy Eric's there, in in the flesh. He says, well, what do you think? And what's he brought with him? It's, well, it's hard to find the words to describe it, really, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's a, it's a booking Bronco game. A booking Bronco, as he says. Brian says them to get rid of it. He can't, but the van's gone. This is a future snooker's dead and buried, and them two blokes holding snooker clues <laughs> cues look absolutely destroyed. Just look utterly bemused by the whole situation. Brian's not convinced, but Eric says you need to trust him. Uh, they'll all want one when they've seen yours. Oh, where have I heard that before? Indoor golf, foxy boxing. I've just got shut. Have you six foot kaplunk? Have a ride, see what you think, says Eric. But then he does this great look like, oh, no. <laughs> he says he'll give you a free week's trial, and then she's got to go to the European files, finals in Dusseldorf. <laughs> what does Brian suggest in Dusseldorf? He could take Das Fruit Machine back with him. <laughs> <laughs> he offers to throw in an aeroplane, one previous owner. Who were it, John Denver, says Brian. And that seems to seal the deal. Come on, Brian, you'll not regret it. Give it a couple of days. It'll be shitting money. If not, it would better learn how to shit snooker tables, <laughs> says Brian. There's a, there's an odd sort of, I don't know if you, like, in the uh, commentary, it, uh, Eric, who, like, played by the fabulous Bernard Wrigley, sort of has got this weird sort of his head cocked to one side throughout that whole scene for some reason. And uh, they said in the commentary that it's they were going to work in some sort of thing where he had like a neck injury for something, but they didn't really work out what happened. A where twitch, that, wasn't it? Yeah, like a, yeah, they didn't really work out where it was going to go, so they just dropped it. For, so for that scene, he sort of looks a bit like jaunty, but then after that, they just yeah, just give up on it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Right, so then we don't know if he's taken it or not. No. Do we? But we go into the main cabaret lounge and uh, Jerry Sinclair welcomes everyone to an afternoon session of bingo. 50p a line, £7, your full house. 
Which, so, yeah, doesn't sound like a lot, but 20 by, years ago, by 2022 standards, but yeah, minimum wage was about four quid an hour. So, like yeah. that, you know, two pounds, two, two pounds a pint less, yeah. probably in a club. Get a little yeah. up seven quid. Yeah, have a great afternoon watching a TV show about amoebas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't anymore, can you? No, that's probably why Bingo's so busy. So the missing bingo machine, as you recall from episode one, how are they having an afternoon session of bingo? Right at the death, Rayvon unveils his creation. Now, remember I said last week, or last episode, I'm going to point out Rayvon accent slips. This is a bad one. When he's trying to say, I built it. Got some maneuver. Your bingo machine. I built it. Got some maneuver. Like, he can't say it, can he? No. Anyway, he turns it on and it's loud as anything. And uh, yeah, Jerry cracks on regardless. I was thinking, like, if they, if someone had nicked the bingo machine, wouldn't they have nicked the balls as well? Is what I was thinking. And also, then surely you'd just use a bucket rather than spend three, like, you know, however many evenings in your shed ripping apart a. <laughs> ripping apart a hoover to make something that doesn't work basically but yeah again it's this striving for perfection in a very imperfect yeah 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 situation yeah. that they always do like you say drape a tea towel over a bucket so you can't see cut a hole in the bit of paper yeah. anything anything but i suppose rayvon's got to uh keep his eye in any so eyes down for your first number Four and nine, 49. But all the women start shouting, we've had that. You can't. I've just picked it up off the bloody floor. Says <laughs> Jerry. That's just absolute carnage. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the balls going everywhere. One and two. Uh, but they're all saying we've had that. So Ravon's machine is a write-off. But where's Ravon gone? He's been in, hasn't he? And looking at the yeah, booking Bronco spots, in action. spots the booking Bronco and an opportunity for him to uh, use his use his skills that he learnt on the waltzers, as Brian says. <laughs> I like how the booking Bronco's got no floor padding. <laughs> yeah, normally Just it'd have like a circle, gosh. like a yeah, like a blow up thing around it or something, wouldn't it? But, but uh, no, it's just just straight on the uh, straight on the old carpet. Remember on my stag do, there was one, and we tried to have a go. We couldn't even get a quote out because we're all so shit at it. <laughs> I think that to uh... reach for the later. Oop. <laughs> <laughs> what what <laughs> what actually happened is I attempted to jump on, split my jeans all the way down the back, and then had to spend the whole weekend wearing one pair of shorts that I had with me. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. So yeah, Rayvon is uh, he's got his mic out, and he's sort of emceeing. This impromptu booking Bronco session. Yeah. Let's hear it for Albert. Albert's a registered diabetic. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why A knows that or B said it. Uh, and then we hear the first laddie scream, the faster the ride. Those are the rules, folks. Anyway, Brian and Jerry are observing this. And, and uh, yeah, they're discussing it. And then we get the line, I've not seen this lot so excited since they printed that paedophile's address in the paper. Which was a thing that happened around that time, wasn't it? That was... Yeah, I can remember it happening. Mm. What What were they thinking might happen? Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Vigilante uh, justice, can't, I suppose. Can't go back. Can't <laughs> go back. Anyway, Albert, we hear a thud. And Brian says, shit, not another one. But Albert's fine. He gets up and cheers. And everyone cheers. <laughs> yeah. And Rayvon says, let's get another victim. Let's get another contestant on the ride. Just a little joke there <laughs> from DJ Ray. <laughs> and then Jer- Jerry has his brilliant idea. I'll come to this later, right? He's in there looking at the booking Bronco. It inspires him to have a Wild West night at the club. That, that's the inspiration, right? The booking Bronco. Just keep that in your head. 
So he's saying get some gunslingers in, line dancing, Dem Perry used to have it. Uh, so, yeah, Brian obviously buys it because is this the halfway point? Yeah, that's the end. That's the that's the break then. What I, what I love about that is that Brian is not at all convinced until the line, he made a fortune. Yeah. And then, he's, then he's just straight in with, yep, yeah, go on then. <laughs> well, we assume so, because we cut to uh, Max and Paddy outside. Paddy's welcoming in some ladies. Howdy, ladies. Evening, y'all. They're saying they obviously bought into the Wild West night. Uh, Paddy the laddie again. He wouldn't mind riding that. Ravon's still emceeing, asking him if they want to go the other way on the thing. Come on, George, here we go. Oof, another one gone. But he's up and cheering as well. That, that, <laughs> that is the same guy that is later on the horse as well. Yeah, he's a stuntman, isn't he? That's yeah, why yeah. they got him to do it. Yeah. It, it, I think it's his horse, to be honest. I think that was the like. He's yeah. a stuntman and sort of horse person for films, basically. He did sharp and stuff, didn't he? Oh, so. You've ruined my fact. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to be really impressed with that. I just really I like how much sharp. You love, I, know, I know how much you love sharp. Like you've ruined it. Sorry. Well, I found it very interesting when I first found out as well. So <laughs> so Deputy St. Clair, as he's calling himself today, he's up on the stage in the cabaret suite. And he says he's got a special treat for cowboys and cowgirls. Mighty Phoenix, welcome. To a fabulous act, it's Wild Bill and Trigger. I'm Wild Bill. Say hello to Trigger. There is a horse in my cabaret suite. And then what's the music? <laughs> Yeah, oh God, I don't know. Yeah, it's some cow, cowboy TV thing, isn't it? Yeah, cowboy TV thing. But it is actually a real horse, isn't it? Despite what uh, young Kenny thinks. Which is true. It's the Magnificent Seven theme, apparently. Oh, yeah. There you go. So we cut outside. <laughs> Brian's uh, obviously watching Wild Bill and Trigger. Uh, what I love about the... the while Bill introducing as well is that he obviously doesn't know how a mic works. Yeah, he's just waving it just around. Just waving it around, talking, moving it away from himself. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah, it ruins the magic a bit because he's obviously got a mic or there's a boom in somewhere. Yeah. So we cut back outside and Max is still ribbing Paddy about his boldness or lack of. And he's saying, you, got, you can't, the worst thing to do is cover it up. Despite being essentially thrown through a window, he's still uh, still doing still it. Still at it, yeah. Max says you've got to accept it or cover it up. But Paddy makes a good point. It's you that's going bored, not me. Which is, if you've got eyes, <laughs> you can see that. But Max, the ultimate zinger back. I lost most of my hair worrying about yours. Yeah, which doesn't really hold up because he only noticed it last week. <laughs> So we cut back inside. The horse is sort of rubbing one of its hooves on the floor like a dog. And uh, Wild Bill says, what's he doing now? He's digging for gold. It's not really. He's just rubbing his hoof on the floor, isn't it? Anyway, the audience seemed to love it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit in the, um, there's like a little mini documentary about Gerard, this guy, Gerard, the, the French stuntman and the horse. And, and in the um, commentary, the guy that plays Wild Bill slash Colin Bibby sort of didn't really know what to do, basically. They, they they sort of hired him to do this role and didn't actually tell him that it was going to involve standing two foot from a horse. And he's just... Driving <laughs> what a horse is doing. Yeah, this sort of like little seven-minute doco, he just keeps going like, what are we doing? What's 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 happening now? What... what? <laughs> Yeah, so Brian is still, Jerry asks him what he thinks. Brian's still amazed there's a horse in his cabaret suite. Young Kenny, is it real? And then Brian spots the horse dung on the floor, and he says, oh, it's real, my friend, you better believe it. 
I'll clean it up. And Brian says it's 30 grand, that cork floor. What's he doing now? Again, it's just another trick for trigger. We cut back outside and Max is listing famous bald people. Yeah. I feel like this is we've moved on from ribbon paddy and just yeah. it, we're just into general conversation about famous bald people at this point. And then they zoom well, I think in he's trying to pull him up they? a bit. Yeah. What like look at all these famous men that yeah. are bald, you'll be all right. Pal, be yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bruce Willis, Yul Brynner, Sean Connery, skins in, man. Women, they love it. Can't get enough. It's nothing to be ashamed of. Paddy makes a very good observation. I'm not ashamed because I'm not going bored. Connery, he wants the best of both worlds. See his wig in the rock. Amazing. Loves wearing them, Connery. And then they just start listing films that Connery's been in with his wig. Back inside for uh, Jerry to... One more, time. one more time. for Wild Bill and Trigger. Yeah, so that's that's the horse established in the storyline there. I'm going to leave you with your own rootin', tootin', shootin' DJ, Mr. Ray Vaughan. I'm going to take a short interval now. Meanwhile, I'm going to leave you with your own rootin', tootin', shootin' DJ, Mr. Ray Vaughan. Just let me, just let me clean that shit up. It's time to begin. I'm coming in. Yay! Ray Vaughan, y'all. See, I think, I think, I don't know whether I'm just adding in detail here but i think he looks down at the mic and thinks he's turned it off like there's, there's a sort of moment in that little walk back where he thinks he's to, but he obviously hasn't <laughs> so uh and we get straight into steps isn't it Is the it original steps? script said the Woolpackers hillbilly rock hillbilly roll which if you remember was the dingle family from emmerdale and some other emmerdale cast members singing a country and western song that they made up i wonder if they uh, if that was what went out but then they couldn't get clearance for it for uh, my, for my sister had it on cd single i should ask her shouldn't i yeah sorry ellie not sorry you did <laughs> <laughs> so Rayvon saying y'all yeah shabba and all that but we go outside and they're still listing sean connery films max and paddy highlander wig Highlander 2, The Quickening, wig. What's that mad one where he got his cock out? Zardoz, wig. So we cut back and Ray says, here we go, let's set the dance floor on fire. Fire, here we go, check this out. And he starts scratching. In the middle of him doing the line dancing. Yeah, but not on a separate turntable, on the one that's providing yeah. the backbeat. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Ray's impressed. He says, check it out. And what a quote this is. Garage house, it doesn't matter. It's all okay for DJ Ray. What a tagline. Is that, I think, is that the first shabba we get as well in that little bit? I think so, yeah. I think we do. Um, He's not having a good run at the minute with his DJ and Ray Vaughan, is he? He's just cocking it up. We cut to Holy Mary. He's working in the kitchen, dressed up very fetchingly as some sort of cowgirl. And the man says, uh, can I have a chips and black-eyed peas? And what's in your snake-eyed pie? Chicken and mushroom. <laughs> I'll have two. So they've just renamed the normal menu, basically. Chips and black-eyed peas sounds disgusting. It's obviously chips and mushy peas, but yeah. black-eyed peas sounds horrible. <laughs> two snakes, Marion. They've even got abbreviations. Two snakes, Marion. <laughs> So Brian and Jerry are talking. What time's the gunfight? After supper. I work with a bloke, right? And he he eats like a bloody machine. He has like four meals a day. He has like breakfast, dinner, tea, and supper. Like full meals, not yeah. just like, you know, yeah, toast yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. And that must be like what this is, isn't it? Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, have supper down at the club, your fourth meal. Is that not just a northern thing? Because it's, you know... That's what I thought, but this guy's a mank, who I know. Yeah, that is in the north. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he has four, and they've (laughs) got specific names. It's not your lunch, it's your dinner at lunchtime. 
It's your tea after work, and then you have your supper. A full, yeah. Not yeah, like you say, not just like one slice of cheese on toast, like a full full sit down <laughs> fish and chips or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> snake eye pie. Two, two as well. Two snake eyes. <laughs> so after supper, Jerry says he's got the Keithley Confederates against the Preston Posse. Brian has already twigged on this isn't going to go well. You you what? Lancashire against Yorkshire? Yeah. Bloody hell, Jerry. You don't you don't mix the counties. I wonder why we had a gap. Oh, I can Tina. Chalk and cheese, they don't go. <laughs> Little reference to uh, Tina Turner's first husband beating her up uh, there. Um, Brian's convinced it's going to kick off. Jerry says no. It's all part of the show. We do it all the time. So he's still scratching again. <laughs> Ray Vaughan. Who's the judge of the uh, shootout, Jimmy? It's our very own Ray Vaughan. After this... What else can go wrong? Brian says, don't give him a gun. We'll be knee-deep in bodies. <laughs> <laughs> Cut back outside. Hunt for Red October. Wig. Wig. The Avengers. Wig. No, no, no. He was bald in the Avengers. Think on. He was. He was. Yeah. He, but it would it were a flop, though, wasn't it? No wig, no it. Shit. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, Outside of that scene, that is absolutely meaningless, but I find I say that a lot for some reason. Right, so Brian's just enjoying the scratching and the line dancing. And uh, while Bill comes up behind him, says, Hey, Brian Potter. Brian says, Colin Bibby, I thought it were you. Your money's not gone up. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't seen each other for years. Brian's uh, reminiscing. He used to be part of a double act. What was the name? Min- Mini Ha Ha. Yeah, not laughing now, is she? Lost a leg to diabetes, poor cow. <laughs> Second reference to diabetes for some reason in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Colin Bibby's okay because he's got trigger now. It's a bit weird. She, she's a beauty, ain't she? Oh, sorry, he. <laughs> they nearly had my eye out. <laughs> Uh, Colin Bibby's got probably from a health and safety point of view it's not a reasonable request but from a human point of view it is mind if I put him in the other room it's pissing down out there pissing down in here and shitting on 40 grams with a cork floor and your balls eh? yeah the cork floor value's increased again yeah gone up another 10 grand in about yeah. 10 minutes so so Brian's not letting Colin Bibby store trigger I know, I know it doesn't work for the the purposes of the joke, but wouldn't wouldn't Trigger have his own trailer to go in? That's a very good point. Unless Colin Bibby rode him there. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't look likely, does it? No. So uh, Brian wheels off uh, after ref- refusing, denying Trigger storage in any of the other suites. Uh, Colin Bibby makes the observation he doesn't change, does he? And Jerry says no. Jerry would know about that. Stick him in the Pennine suite. He'll never know. Famous last words, Jerry. So off they go. And then it's gunfight time at the Phoenix Corral. Welcome back, partners, to gunfights at the Phoenix Corral with me, Deputy St. Clair. Hey, look at that. <laughs> Deputy St. Clair. And then he does some weird... Thing with his leg and the floor. <laughs> and he seems so impressed. Hey, look at that, eh? Oh, I can do that. <laughs> Anyone could do that with a leg. Oh, two legs, probably. Mini ha-ha probably couldn't do it because you'd need to, <laughs> to stand up. <laughs> so they're prepping for the gunfight. There's another some sort of rave-on contraption in the background. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a counting thing for the gunfight, isn't it, I think? Yeah. Which is, again, totally pointless. Some sort of white cylinder on a white rectangle and a red one, one for Lancashire, one for Yorkshire. And they've not put, like, Keithley Confederates or Preston Posse. They've just put Lancashire and Yorkshire across it. It also hides the, uh, which I hadn't picked up on until the, um, I'd listened to the 
commentary, but in the on Les Alanos's drum skin, their name is Les Alamo. <laughs> what a great! Which yeah, which you don't get the full. You don't get a sort of uh, an establishing shot of at any point. So that you miss out on that joke. I listened to the commentary a bit the other day. Uh, they um, they weren't too happy with the what am I saying? Cinematography of that, yeah. like some of the shots they hadn't planned out. They said properly and stuff like that. That's why. Yeah, I think I think the the fight scene, which we're going to come on to, obviously took took up way too much time. I think, and the rest of it, they just had to like get through. Yeah, and had loads to cram in as well, didn't yeah. they? Right, so the first two gunslingers are up. And it's a good friend of Jerry Sinclair, so good he has to look at his card. It's Cisco Sid. <laughs> and his, so his uh, opponent is uh, <laughs> Silverado. Silverado Presley. In, in the commentary again, they say that these guys like really do this, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I don't get the Silverado Presley thing. It just seems like a really odd crossover. I think didn't Elvis really like guns? That was like oh, I guess so. I yeah, you're right. That's probably, probably an in. Yeah, you're right with your bloody facts and your <laughs> knowledge. <laughs> so Jerry says, "Come on, son, crack a smile." He's a welder during the day. Reference to his big uh, sunglasses there, teasing him about his medallion. Whispers to him, "It's very good, this son. Keep it up." So uh, Jerry says, Lancashire, are you ready? Yorkshire, are you ready? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Leslie says, draw. Draw. And, and it becomes very, it's very apparent that Ray just isn't watching or paying no. any attention. And, and it was blatantly Silverado Presley that got the first shot off. Yeah. And uh, Ray wasn't watching, but Jerry, obviously, being from Lancashire, sides with Lancashire. And, and the Yorkshire lot are getting pretty peeved with this antics now, aren't they? It's getting a bit heated at the Phoenix Corral. We've got another one. And fire. And it's Lancashire again, and it wasn't. It was Yorkshire, and they're getting more and more annoyed. But like for some reason, Ray's like holding his hair and like smelling yeah, not... it at that point. Like it's just a really <laughs> weird. Like, yeah, he's just not in the in there at all. But then we've got a nice round of sing when you win, and you only sing when you're winning. But Jerry's getting caught up with it. He's not impartial in this at all, is he? Hey, you're losing. You're losing. <laughs> it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty on the nose, isn't it? At that point, he's just just goading them. <laughs> yeah, and it's all building up. Still, only sing when you're winning. Uh, but this is don't we see um, a cutaway of Brian and Young Kenny both watching the action? Uh, yeah. Triggers the horse, pokes his head round, just to show us that he's obviously loose from his. Strap, <laughs> rain. Yeah, I don't know. Is it only a rain when you're? I don't know. Listeners, uh, poi paradise outlook.com If you want to email us, we didn't have any emails this week, so come on. Yeah, we get one. We've doubled the numbers, so you know exactly. Be the first and the best. Anyway, so the horse we've established is free. Next up for the Keithley Confederates, it's who is it? Georgia Jed, stand stand up, son. How he is? <laughs> yeah, being a bit mean about <laughs> the guy being small. Yeah, it's something that's again. You know, he said we'd spot things that wouldn't pass the twenty twenty two test. Couldn't have all them Confederate battle flags up. No, yeah, I thought that as well. Also, would you do you think like do you think Jerry spoke to them before and said like? We're probably going to do some banter on stage, if I can use that. I hate that word, but like well, whether think... he just launched into just being <laughs> being, being an arsehole, basically, to, to Silverado Presley, and it just got carried away from there. I think he just got carried away. Because he's telling him, isn't he? Like when he whispers to Silverado and says, yeah, yeah. and keep it up. He does it to Georgia Jed as well. 
Um, so Kenny Senior pokes his head around the door that the horse has just been in and saying, Brian, there's a horse in the Jockey Wilson suite. That's the lounge, isn't it? The jockey, the bar, the sort of whatever you'd call it. Yeah. That's the Jockey yeah. Wilson suite. So Kenny Senior says that. Boy, you cried wolf moment. Brian says, yeah, right. There's, there's an horse in the Jockey Wilson suite. Yeah, just right. look there at is. Come on, quick. Uh, young Kenny wheels Brian off. But Jerry is just like you say, he's, he's lost the plot here. Typical Yorkshire, he says. And then they start singing, I wish I was a pixie away, away. Is that uh, just because he's short they're singing that? Or is that an anti-Yorkshire yeah. song? Oh, well, I just assumed it was because pixies are small. and They are, small, yeah. Basically. No, you're right. So uh, Jerry says... Isn't it, like like, a, isn't it a riff on like the... Dixieland Dixie one, like yeah. from the America trilogy, the Elvis. Well, that's the, that's the only place I know it from. But. I think you're right. Yeah. All right, Jed. Have we got a box? He's just mugging him off. <laughs> uh, so we cut into the <laughs> Jockey Wilson suite. Kenny's vindicated, and he says, "Hey, I told you." And uh, the horse has actually been drinking out the beer pumps, hasn't it? Yeah. But sorry if anyone was sort of needed that joke building up, but I refuse to believe that anybody listening to this ain't watched <laughs> Phoenix Night. So if if you have, you have not got a clue what we're on about, essentially. <laughs> if you yeah. haven't watched it, yeah. Just imagining someone gripped to the plot. <laughs> what happens next? What happens next? Anyway. I think but- I think at that moment where Kenny what is it, young Kenny wheels Brian up to the horse that that I don't think Peter's acting at that point. I think he's like way too close to the horse. Like, yeah. that's, like a, that's a genuine reaction, and he like really has to wheel himself back. What's up with it? What's up with it? Well, yeah, because you see horses and people on telly interacting all the time, and cows, cows. Uh, like when I walked the dog across the field, once all these cows, it must have been feeding time, and they came bombing up, and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, well, they're like big, stupid idiots, aren't they? They're like they're giant, massive. muscly things. Yeah, yeah, they're huge. I had to let the dog go because that's the, what you meant to do, apparently. Just oh, let go of the leap. Yeah. So I did, but he just sat there. Anyway, <laughs> they got bored and went away, and I'm still here to tell the tale. So, um, I want to make a film about me. Uh, get in touch. That feature <laughs> film between me and Nick Nolte. Uh, so Brian's accusing the horse of being pissed. He knows a pissed horse when he sees one. I, I love that. That it's just Brian's just straight in with that. He like the, he there's sniffs a sort of weird moment he? where he leans forward and sniffs him. Yeah, like as if it's yeah, <laughs> as if he's some sort of pissed horse expert. But yeah, yeah. He says, suggest they get it a kebab. <laughs> I think one of my favourite flo- throwaway lines. That one just <laughs> <laughs> that's how you get BSE. That is <laughs> true. So Jerry is still, he's onslaught against poor old George and Jed. What do you want to be when you grow up? Taller, taller. And they're all laughing. Uh, this is a good, uh, this is a good joke. This is quality. No, because he was born on the cusp of Leo and Capricorn, which makes him a leprechaun. If I'm right, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? But he's got all these on cards, hasn't he? Is he pretty, yeah, he pre-prepped. Yeah, the mugging off. This, this series is full of people who don't learn their lessons. All the warning signs are there, but they just carry on. It says he's 47 and single. He's looking good for 47, isn't he, Georgia Jed? Yeah, there's no way he's 47, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at most about 35. Yeah, so. it's a fair play, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Georgia Jed, I wish I hope I looked like you when I'm 47, but taller. Uh, he says he's 47 and single. There's a surprise. You think? He's probably one of them bandits. You know what yeah, I mean? I think, yeah, this is another wouldn't wouldn't get past the. Uh... Yeah, you could. Yeah, just calling someone gay is an insult now. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the the straw that breaks triggers back, as it were. Jerry says he rode into town and shot up the sheriff, and that's when uh, Jed can't take anymore and punches him in the guts very unconvincingly. Yeah, that that's commented on in the in the commentary, isn't it? That like they had to do that loads of times, and he just was rubbish at it, basically. 
we cut back to the Jockey Wilson suite. Oh, oh my God, what's he doing? What's the horse doing? Well, he's having a he's having an intimate moment with the old uh, booking Bronco, isn't he? This is why I wanted everyone to remember that the entire inspiration for this Wild West night came from the booking Bronco. But on Wild West night, the booking Broncos tucked away in a room with no lights on. Why is that? Yeah, is that because is that you know is the 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 shootout the main event? Is it like I don't know, but you know they said, oh, this thing's given me an idea, and everyone <laughs> loves this thing. Let's base a night around this thing. Ah, oh, let's not use it. Just seems a bit weird. Anyway, yeah, triggers uh, having some gentlemanly relaxation with the booking bronco. I don't know if the the eyes on the booking bronco look painted like they're massive and like. <laughs> Surprised. <laughs> I don't know if they've done that for that. <laughs> and uh, Brian says, we haven't got a license for this. Sends Kenny to get the mop. Uh, Colin Bibby comes in, because obviously they're all having the big brawl at the shootout. Suggests Brian get back in there, but he sees Trigger humping the Bronco. Says, who's taught him that? Who has taught him that? Well, it's basic nat- instinct. Natural instinct, isn't it? <laughs> I think like this, the, the the sort of squeaky noise definitely makes oh that seem funnier. Oh my God! What's he doing? Kenny, pull it off. You what? I'm not pulling off a horse. That, that, yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. That's. So we cut back to Max and Paddy talking about film. Still, I thought that were your Brenner. No, this is Guns of the Seven. It's Coburn. This. He picks the chair up, the bloke ducks, and he chucks it straight through the window. And as he does the action, it's not exactly at the same time, is it? It's about a second and a half behind. Surely they could have rigged up some mirrors. Because they say, don't they? I've listened to the commentary years ago, and they said, we had one pane of glass. Yeah, they had one take to do that bit. Yeah, and it was quite a lot delayed, wasn't it? But it comes through. Max and Paddy obviously realise it's time to be called into action. So Paddy runs in, Max turns round, bosh into the door, crumple on the floor. That's that's a real accident, isn't it? Yeah, he broke a rib, apparently, doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and, of, uh, yeah, I suppose they could have reshot that bit, but I think... Because it's not that's not a direct that's not a direct follow on from the the pane of glass, is it? It's a different shot, but also yeah. it is very funny. So it, he suffered for the comedy, I think. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to yeah. keep that. Got to keep that. In. Max and Paddy run in, and uh, in the big brawl that's going on, the gunfighters are firing their blank guns in the air. Max is shouting, "They've got guns! They've got guns!" <laughs> <laughs> Which always makes me laugh as well. Yeah, they're trying to get them all out. So we cut to an outside shot of the Phoenix Club. This is sort of after it's after it's uh, the fight's finished, so you, you get that. Get the police car in the corner and the, the lights sort of reflecting off the front of the, the club. Yeah. So they're chucking them all out. Get them out. Come on, get them out. Says Max. Uh, and Brian says, 45 grand, that floor. Destroyed by him. He's one. So he thinks he has to help the police identify the people who are dressed as cowboys. And gone up another five grand. Yeah. Uh, the floor cost. <laughs> He's having a go at Jerry Wild West. Wild, that's for sure. You know why Dem Perry stopped having them now? It was like this every night. They're animals this lot. Now, Jerry was convinced it was going to be fine, wasn't he? And I'd say he was the main perpetrator of the reason it kicked off, really. Exactly, and he's trying to blame Dem Perry. Bit out of order from the saint this episode. I think he's showing a bit of a dark side to his character. He wants a bit of, uh, yeah. He's he want he wanted to take some uh, control at this point. I think it was his idea. He wanted to push it, but then it backfired again. Weird. As you know, literally every as everything does throughout this whole series, basically. So 
yeah, he's thrown Dem Perry under a bus. And Brian quite rightly says, now you tell me, after spending quite some time convincing it was a good idea and that Dem Perry had a good time doing it at the Banana Grove, Colin Bibby arrives. He's in there and he's pissed out of his mind and he's got a corporate in Torquay tomorrow. And he'll have to go back on the wagon, somebody jokes. <laughs> All funny. There's a good, there's a, like, it's not really in the, you can sort of hear it in the audio, but it's not really shot properly, I think. But when Brian says it, he like slaps Jerry and he's obviously like been, but you sort of hear him crumple and go down again. <laughs> so Brian says, chuck the key away. And, and then that, that is the end of the full Finn. episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So you said you really like this episode. Why, why, why is that? It's just like, it, like you say, it goes on at an absolute rate of knots, doesn't it? it but you forget there's because like, there's like how many storylines are there? Captain dying in his yeah. funeral, um, Wild West fight, night, pissed horse, yeah, more of more of Ravon being a murderer a little bit at the start as well. That's like all of the pre credits, isn't it? Like there's a there's just I just think there's a lot going on and it's like I don't know Colin Bibby just is, seems like it's such a funny character and obviously you get uh, dodgy Eric dodgy Eric that's it yeah you get dodgy Eric as 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 a, a on screen appearance as well which is good for me that redeems it what's his name the actor Bernard Wrigley what else has he been in. Been, was he in Brast Off and stuff? Yeah, he was. He was. Isn't he the like union leader in Brast Off? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, and he's yeah. in. He's in. A, he's has a some a couple of episodes of Dinner Ladies as well. He has some really funny lines in that. Is he still alive? There's only one way to find out. I think he'd be good to have as a guest one day. I know. I'm thinking of ideas above my station here. <laughs> so you really like this? Where do you think it landed? In terms of popularity, I'm going to say lower than the opening episode. I'm going to say in the bottom half. It got two percent of the votes. That's, yeah, which puts it there's one, two, three with that amount. Yeah, and four with that amount, and nothing lower. No, so it's joint last. Bernard Wrigley is still alive. Is he okay? How's he doing? His Wikipedia pages, the last thing in there is from 2008. So, well, we'll, we'll give Game Sun, Game Sun Frontier a, a ring and see. Uh, yeah, so, so his joint last. Uh, again, I think this poll's a dud because you'll, you'll see why. We all know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> We I really are, thought that, I really I, thought this would be a data deep dive into Phoenix Knights. Yeah. Just not. But yeah, I imagine we're going to find out next episode which one was top. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. mm. Mm. we'll have to find out later, listeners. That's a landslide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we do see Bernie Wrigley. Uh, I think next week we get next week next time we get to see Dem Perry. Yeah. Yes, that's the first time we actually see him, isn't it? That's when they know they've got a full series, I think. So they start dipping into the kitty a bit more. You go to right. another place. Yeah. So uh, I guess that's it from us. Uh, get in touch. Do. We're on Facebook. Pull off into Paradise, a Phoenix Knights podcast. You can email us, poiparadise at outlook.com. Share this podcast with your mates who like Phoenix Nights, please. Yeah. Send us in any questions or observations or things we've missed or anything like that. Yeah. We missed loads in the first episode, but there's just so much going on. Like stuff I even not missed that we talk about. I watched it again and stuff I've just not spotted before. Brian constantly picking his nose in this episode. (laughs) Why? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a like I think we said last time. It's like 
airplane style comedy isn't it there's just stuff like layer upon layer upon layer and i think that's shown in like the sort of half like half storylines that they do and then just get dropped like there's just they just wanted to put so much in i don't know i don't know look yeah get in touch with us because that'll make it let's let's be honest that'll make it more fun <laughs> we've got a, we've had our first request to be a guest for next time I'll see what a pain in the ass this is to edit with two of us. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we still haven't been sued the, the frig out of by Peter K either. So um, long may that continue. And once yeah. this is done, we've beat the Phoenix Knights podcast episode record. So yes. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. See you next time, Yorkshire rapper. Cheers for listening, everyone. Goodbye. Club, pull off into paradise.